Good morning. It's Thursday morning. I hope you're having a good day today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed our, our reflection on different books that are meaningful uh, uh, to me. Our, our first few books have been very personal in nature. They've really been more emotional. I mean, I, I guess you, I guess you could say that. I mean, Christianity is very intellectual to me and it stimulates my mind. But particularly Raglan from Gospel yesterday was very a very emotional book for me to read, as, as well as Yancey's book the days before that. Uh, today's book that was one that's I'm not going to call it an exercise of the mind, um, but but it really stimulates my um, theological part of my brain. Uh, I want to talk today about a book that I read in seminary uh, entitled The New Creation uh, by, uh, by Runyon, by uh, Theodore Runyon. Um, I, was, I read this book in a class. Dr. Barry Bryant was my main professor in seminary. Uh, him and Dr. Uh, Nick were my two favorite professors in school. I had, a, I had a lot of great professors in seminary. Dr. Minor, Dr. Hudson, Dr. Woods. So many great professors, but uh, Dr. Bryan especially was somebody that I really have always admired and looked up to, and really he spoke to me in, in so many times in my life. And he, he he had us read this book, and I don't even remember what class it was in. We read this book called The New Creation uh, by, by by Runyon. Um, it if you want to know, I've talked a lot about grace and things like that these last few weeks. But if you want to know the core of my theology, you need to read uh, this book. Uh, this book, The New Creation really lays out for me the core of what I believe as a Christian. Like, like what do I think Christianity's trying to do and about and accomplish? Um, basically, um, this book lays this out for us. Humanity was created. Um, in Genesis 1 and 2, we see the creation of humanity. And then in Genesis 3, um, humanity fell. Uh, the serpent entered in. Uh, he tricked them, they ate the fruit, uh, they fell. And when Adam and Eve fell in Genesis 3, their fall was not just individual in nature, but it was cosmic in nature. Romans 8 lays this out quite well for us. But when Adam and Eve fell, they took all of creation with them. And when Genesis 1 tells us that when humanity was made, we were made in the image of God. And that image of God is not just, it's not so much physical, but the image of God is more about the nature of who we are. Uh, we have a moral image of God. In other words, we have morality to us. We have governmental. We have the ability to form and organize structures. We have ethics. We have spiritual. Our image of God, to say we're made in the image of God, it's not as if I'm talking about a physical likeness because Scripture says that God's a spirit. It's talking more about more about the very nature of who we are. We're made in the very image of God, um, very made in God's likeness. Um, and so when humanity fell, that image of God was corrupted. Um, that's the concept called human depravity, original sin. When we fail, we were, as Scripture says, we were born, we're born sinful. We have to us a sinful nature. When humanity fell, that happened. And interestingly, the question that becomes of what happens to our human nature after we fall, um, we, if we are truly sinful in our birth, if we're truly sinful in our nature, we don't have the human ability to choose God. So in our salvation, God must be the first actor. And there's two historical ways the church has untangled this conundrum. One is the more uh, Reformed tradition, which puts forth God's election, that some are saved, some are not saved, and that God is the author of that salvation, that God saves some. And I, this, is a great, hear me, this is a great oversimplification, so don't, don't write a theological paper on this one. I'm painting with a very broad brush right now. But in the classic Reformed sense, the, the, the classic Calvinist sense that God is that some are elect and some are not, and that God is the actor in that. In the classic Wesleyan sense, 
Um, God is also the first actor in our, in our salvation, but God gives to all provenient grace. And this provenient grace awakens within us the desire, that we, the ability for us to choose to reject God. So, but, in, but it's interesting, if you look at it theologically, both classic streams of Christianity, would, and, well, Protestant theology, would, um, would, would, would um, agree that God is the first actor in our salvation, that we don't choose God first, that God chooses us, and then the, but the question becomes, well, how does God choose and who does God choose? And the Wesleyan, which I'm a Methodist, we would say prevenient grace is open to all uh, who all who were breathing. Uh, scripture says that all good gifts come from God the Father above. And so if it's in your life, it's God's gift to you and God's grace to you. So, um, but the question becomes, well, then what's the, what's the whole point of all this? What's the point of all this? And so the point of salvation, the point of God of all this is God through salvation is going to restore what sin has corrupted and what sin has taken. If you look, so you see in, in the Bible, in Genesis 1, the creation began in a garden where humans walked in the cool of the morning and evening with God. Well, how does Scripture end in Revelation? It begins with a, with a garden, with a, with a river flowing from the throne of God, where Scripture says that God will be our God and he will be, we will be his people and he will wipe away every tear from our eye. So it, it, salvation ultimately will, end, will undo what sin has done. Salvation ultimately is about restoring what sin has taken. Restoring in us as individuals the image of God that was corrupted. Because sin has corrupted the image of God within us. So yes, humans um, can make moral choices, but often we don't. And even our moral choices are often racked with, um, racked with pride. Humans can organize structures and governments, but often those governments are sinful and depraved in nature. Humans can have spirituality, have a spiritual image of God, but our spirituality can often be perverse and, 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 and wrong. So we still have in us the image of God. The image of God was not destroyed completely, but it was corrupted. And so what salvation is about is about ultimately salvation is more than just me getting to heaven. Salvation is more than just me getting to heaven. But salvation is about God restoring in me the image of God that was corrupted in the fall. That salvation is the reversal of what Satan did. And we see that in Scripture. So let's look at Babel. When you look at Babel in Genesis, uh, I think it's um, 8 or so. I may have that. That may be the wrong uh, place. But when we look in, um, at Babel, I think, I, think, I think it's actually Genesis 10. Um, when, you see, um, when you see the Tower of Babel, humans were building, were building um, uh, this great tower to heaven. Uh, and Scripture says God came comes down. And and, 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 and and confuses their speech. So in Babel, all the many came together as one, and they left as many. Okay, it fast forward to Pentecost. What happened to Pentecost Sunday? The many were gathered in many groups, but they all came together as one when the gospel was preached. So do you see how the one became many at Babel? Now the many became one at Pentecost. Pentecost is the reversal of Babel. The Holy Spirit, the goal of salvation, is to restore and correct what sin has taken. That's called, in the Wesleyan tradition, called holiness, sanctification, growth, Christian perfection even. Like, these are terms we use to describe that. The goal of salvation is not simply for me to get saved to go to heaven. That's part of it. I'll, I'm saved and I'm going to go to heaven. But the goal of salvation is, it's about God restoring what sin has taken in my life, 
in the life of the community and in the world. The new creation. The new creation. As Revelation says, I looked and saw a new heaven and a new earth. God's going to restore and God's going to redeem and God's going to correct what sin has done. We see in Romans 8, all of creation is groaning as if in pain of childbirth, longing for its redemption. God will restore these things. Sin is great, but God's grace, God's mercy, and God's power is greater. And God, through the power of Jesus Christ, and frankly, through me and you when we're saved and we're converted, through us, God's going to redeem and restore what sin has taken. And it's up to us as Christians to be in the restoration business. That's what this whole salvation is about. And, and Runyon lays this out beautifully and simply and understandably in the new creation. So if you want a good book to really lay out for you what I believe theologically, what the United Methodist Church believes, what Wesleyan theology distilled down looks like, I can't in more strong words recommend to you the new creation. It's very readable. It's a very readable text. I, I, it's not something that's going to be overly uh, complicated or overly intellectual, but it's written in a way that's approachable. And, and I really strongly encourage you to check out the new creation if you really want to really form your theology and form a pretty in-depth understanding about what salvation is and what salvation uh, means to you and to me. So I really strongly encourage you to check out The New Creation by Runyon. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow morning.